0: A to feel like heroes too we'll win and if we lose we know someday will yeah, we'll Welcome to Holy Cow, A Cubs Podcast. I'm your host Sean Holland. Our guest today is Jared Willis from Forbes Sports and our old friend from Cubs Den. And we're um doing a little season preview for you. That's right, the season is here. No more spring training games. The real Cubs games are going to be going and we just get into everything with, you know, the structure of the team. Nico Horner going to AAA, which you know, I I don't I give my thoughts in the interview, but I didn't like that move and it was for salary, you know, to buy an extra year of control. At least partially, I mean, you could say there's some development reasons, but that money is a factor, and I didn't like it, but going to move on. And, um, yeah, so we talk about everything to come in the season, and let me remind you again, if you um, subscribe to my podcast on the Apple Podcast app to rate and review it, even if you don't, if you listen somewhere else, I would still like you to go to Apple Podcasts and give me a rating and a review, and honestly, I just want to see if people are listening, and they have any suggestions, and anything else, and yeah, anyway, the season is here, I will be doing an episode every week, or every other week, as the season goes on, and I'll have some good guests, and anyway, let's get to the real games. Welcome back to Holy Cow, Cubs podcast. Always good to have you on.
1: It's good to be back, Sean. Thanks for thanks for having me.
0: All right. So uh, this is basically my season preview. So just go into everything with the Cubs and what they're going to be this year. But we got to start with the big news, which is, of course, Nico Horner getting sent to the minors. Kind of, I wouldn't say, like a total shock. But the way he started the the spring, you were thinking he was in pretty good shape. But I'll just uh, start with that. What do you think about Nico being sent to minor league camp?
1: Yeah, I think, like you said, not totally surprising. But at the same time, like even just a few days ago, I still thought that there was, you know, we were going to have a position battle probably right up until the end of spring training. Um, so I really thought Nico Horner had, especially in the first part of spring training had played well enough that there was going to be more consideration for, to use like maybe Horner and and David Bodie as a, a platoon at second base. Um, so it's a little surprising, but at the same time, I think there's, there's a lot of different reasons why sending Horner down to AAA to start the season makes sense. Um, The chief one to me, just being the fact that like he came to the majors with a very small amount of minor league experience. He he was something like I think just over 200 plate appearances um, in the minor leagues between 2018 and 2019. Um, And then, as we all know, like when he got called up in September of 2019, they called him right up from Double A, and and he was really only I I think really only called up because. You remember, I mean, the Cubs, it was like everybody was hurt. Javi Mm -hmm. Baez got hurt, and they just needed a middle infielder. Um, And he was there. So I think, under normal circumstances, you know, Baez stays healthy back then, but we don't see Horner hit the majors at that point. So Mm -hmm. I I think there's a little bit of like, he was probably called up earlier than they would have liked. Um, And then we did see last year, he, he didn't look quite as good at the plate, was striking mm-hmm. out a lot more often, um, not hitting for power at all. And so I think there, you know, based on that, there's a case to be made for let's let the guy go to AAA, spend some amount of time there, um, and work on some of these things. I don't expect, though, that he's going to spend the whole season in AAA. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll see him fairly soon in the season. I think we'll see him back in Chicago. Well, what do you think about all
0: this? You know, service time. Yeah. There's been a lot of reporting about like I think Jeff Passon, when he first reported the story, was made it clear that he thought it was to get him yeah. get the Cubs another year of service time, but that I'd
1: ask yeah. you. I think that's I think that's a, a fair thing to point out. Um, you know, because it's <laughs> it's not as if that this would be the first time that the Cubs have been guilty of manipulating service mm-hmm. time. Um and they're hardly the only team in baseball to be doing it right now. I mean, we're we're just you know a day or so removed from the Mariners sending um Jared Kalinick to the to the minor leagues, even though now, when they
0: like, uh, when they did that, could they even like with a straight face try to hack like
1: after the leaked
0: right. audio, like that'd have been hard PR wise.
1: Yeah, that's a tough they're they're in a tough spot, but you know, I think everybody's a little more sensitive to this now than we were even a few years ago um and so there does seem to be like when you you note the fact that as i think either Passon pointed out or jesse rogers might have pointed it out it's like 36 days um that if he's in the minors for 36 days they get a whole, uh, another year so with that in mind yeah i think that it's fair to wonder like is this just not that it's only about service time, but I'm sure that's at least somewhat of a factor. You know, like I said, I think there's a case to be made for him to be in the minors based on other things, but it would also be kind of silly to pretend as if service time isn't a factor as well.
0: Yeah. So uh, the other big news today, um, Albert Albert Alzaway did make the, the rotation, the fifth starter. I mean, this year is going to be kind of a mismatch of people at the, back end of the rotation, but were you surprised that advert made it?
1: Um, not, not really, mostly because I don't, I don't know that the rotation was ever going to be deep enough that he was at a a big risk of not, of not making it. Um, I think in a different year or with some of the guys, you know, if if John Lester was still around, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, things probably turn out a little differently but so he also might be depend um, benefiting a little bit from a rotations that that's just not as deep um, but at the same time like i I'm, I'm kind of a believer in when you think a guy is ready at some point you have you got to put him in the spot and just let him do it mm-hmm. and just let Alzele El- start every five days and just let him do it. He's going to st- struggle at times, I'm sure. He's going to look really great at times. But he's a young pitcher who needs a chance to just pitch in the majors and just do the job. Um, and so I like that, at least going into the season, that that looks like that's that's what the plan is. So now,
0: overall, what do you think? of? I mean, obviously, you lose you Darvish. That's going to hurt your rotation. Because, you know, he's a great pitcher. But you get Zach Davies, who's been actually very solid in his career. Harrietta, I don't know what to expect from him. And then, obviously, the back end of the rotation is going to be kind of iffy. But do you think they can have at least a solid rotation this season?
1: Yeah, I think there's reason to believe that they'll – I think solid is a good word. Um, They're not going to be – Great. They may not even necessarily be good, Um, but I think solid is a fair expectation just because your top two guys, even though neither Kyle Hendricks nor uh, Zach Davies is going to light up the radar gun, those are both good pitchers. Um, And then Arietta, I think it's tough. I mean, who knows? Like coming back to Chicago, that may rejuvenate him a little bit. I mean, he showed some signs in Philadelphia last year that you know, getting a little velocity back, was looking a little better last year. So maybe he's in the right spot in the middle of the rotation where he's not really expected to carry things. Um, So I think, yeah, I think the makeup is there for them to be pretty solid and to pick up enough innings because I think that the the bullpen's a big question mark um, in a lot of ways. And so I think that the big question for the rotation is, can these guys go deep enough into games? Can they carry enough innings during the regular season where you're not overly reliant on a bullpen? That is, is not, not something I'm feeling super confident.
0: So I guess I'll ask about the, you've got Kimbrell who, I mean, I don't know what to expect from Kimbrell. He's, you know, he finished last year strong, but the starts of these years have been bad and then, you know, Rowan Wick was a guy, but he's been injured all of camp, so you're not going to see him for a while. And just – it's just what do you – can you find enough pieces to get a good bullpen out of this, this mishmash they've got?
1: Yeah, and I think mishmash is kind of – is just what it is. Um, and, you know, Kimbrell actually is funny, is, is a guy who I think – I feel a lot better about than I, I did recently just because toward the end of last season, he was looking really good. Um, you know, he's, he's not Kimbrell of a few years ago, but you know, he, he was looking pretty good. So with him as the closer, I can live with that. I mean, you could do a lot worse. There's a lot, a lot of teams around the league that are in worse shape at closer. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, when it's the sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth inning, who who are your guys? Right. That's where I'm more like, wow, you know, what, what's going to happen here? Um, so, it's yeah, it's tough because it's like you may need to, some guys to step up, some guys to surprise you, or we could have a lot of frustrating um, late-inning uh, baseball watching.
0: Well, it seems like with the Cubs lately, it's been the start of these years – they have no idea what their bullpen is going to be. And as the year goes on, they do a pretty good job of sifting through and setting up a bullpen, but you'd like to have it like to start the season for a change, but just feels like it's going to be again, another where we're going to throw a bunch of stuff on the wall and see what sticks.
1: Yeah. It, I, I think that's, that's very spot on. Um, and maybe enough of it sticks that they can carry through the season, but uh yeah, there's there might be a lot of games where you might as well just turn off the game after after the starter league. Uh
0: You know, I'm sure the fans want to know this, and I'm a fan, so I want to know too. But uh, do you think Pedro Strop gets another look in the bullpen? He did look pretty good his last yeah. outing,
1: but is it too hopeful? Or I, that's I I hate to say it because I just I love the guy, um, but I I think that's probably too hopeful. I'm I'm mm-hmm. sure. Given the makeup of the bullpen, I'm sure he's probably going to get a look, but um, I'm very hesitant to feel at all confident about what kind of pitcher he can be. Um, it's a shame because he was such a, yeah, I mean, really one of the yes. best relief pitchers to go through uh, Chicago to wear a Cubs uniform or the best we've ever had. Um, but yeah, I just think those those days, unfortunately, are, are behind him.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'm afraid that's true too. It's just you never know. I mean, bullpen's can be fickle, but yeah. Like the velocity drop and stuff over the past couple of years, I don't, but we'll see. We've kind of covered the bullpen and the rotation. Now we're gonna I think we should go to the part that I feel actually pretty good about, which is the Cubs lineup. Now, I mean, obviously last year was not. Small sample size and it did not go well. But if you look at this lineup on paper, it looks very good.
1: Yeah, I mean it really does. Like you just go go around the infield and 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 just I mean really every spot, but go, you know, a catcher, you've got Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo at first. Now, as we've heard um, today, David Bodie at second. Javi at short, Chris Bryant at third, and not even to get into the outfield. I mean, that alone, like that's, there's a lot of reason for optimism um, just based on those guys. Um, And like, there's, there's a few reasons why I think we should actually be pretty excited about what the offense might be able to do. One is you do have some guys playing in in contract years. Um, And we all know that it's, it's not like, a player can just flip a switch and suddenly be better just because he's got a contract coming up. But at the same time, how many times have we seen it where, mm-hmm. you know, they, they're, they're, just playing on a different level um, during a contract year. It happens. And so when you have several players who are in that position, that's one reason to think like, Hey, they, we might see some, some pretty significant upticks mm-hmm. uh, from some of these guys. And also like last year, you know, have them collectively slump so badly, that's, you know, that just invites the, the likelihood that at least a few of them are going to rebound this year. And I know that I think Javi Baez in particular mentioned that one of the things that made him so tough for him last year was they didn't allow the iPads in the, in the mm-hmm. dugouts because of, you know, COVID protocols and stuff. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. I think that was because of the Houston Astros. Yeah, it was the Astros um, thing, I think. Thing. Yeah. So blame the Astros for that. But yes. I'm so I'm so used to like everything being uh, mm-hmm. COVID related. But oh yeah. Um, you know, so now that this year, now that the iPads will be back in the dugouts, I know Bias specifically said that was something that made it really tough for him in mm-hmm. 2020. So if he's saying it, that means there's at least a few other guys who are in the same boat. So yeah, I, I think there's reason to, to be kind of excited about what this offense can do. Um, I, I haven't even mentioned, like, Jock Peterson has just had a monster mm-hmm. spring. And, yeah. and you
0: have, like, the lineup, too. It's just, like, the ba- I like the balance that you could have. Yeah. Where you have half-hitting leadoff, then, you know, maybe Bryant or Contreras, but you can get that left-right, 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 all the way through the lineup, and it's that should be hard on pitchers, but –
1: yeah, I, I think it should be. Um, and I, I hope that Hap, you know, that that he works as a leadoff hitter because since the days of Dexter Fowler leading off, yes. I think we've we've seen the effects of not having a consistent, you know, a reliable leadoff hitter. It does matter. You know, that feels like one of those things that's now like it's an old school baseball concept, but like it makes a difference. Yes. Um, so I hope that, that that's something that works out in. And I think we've seen a lot of, in the last couple of years, where they, when they face like high-velocity pitchers or guys who work up high in the zone, um, that they can struggle quite a bit. My um, hope is that we can see some some changes in, in that way. And just the way that, much to our frustration over the last few years, the way that they kind of collectively go quiet at the plate. if you know, if you've got somebody that can be a spark that can um, reverse that, that's that's gonna make a really big difference. Well, the one thing about like um,
0: Jock Peterson is supposed to be that he handles high fastballs, which would be a yeah. nice change from just the rest of this uh, lineup that does not handle high fastballs. So that's the kind of thing <laughs> that from going from a Schwarber to him that you'd hope would help.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and I think it's also it's important because like sometimes that one having that one guy that can do it takes the pressure off of everybody else, because I think what we've seen a lot in recent years is when this lineup when they start to sense that they are struggling as a group, I think we start to see a lot more of um, rather than just hey I'm going to focus on just trying to get on base there's a lot more of like, I've got to turn this around by myself. I need to, you know, I need to jack one into the outfield seats. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you do have Peterson, who's like, Hey, I can handle this high, these high fastballs and drive in some runs or get myself on base. You guys don't worry about it. That that's a kind of, it's a little thing, but it's a little thing that can make a big difference.
0: Yeah. And that's another thing that I really feel good about that. I don't know if other people do or not, but I, I think um, Jason Hayward is really getting comfortable, and you know, as being a Cub, and I think he's gonna have another big year. I think he feels very good in his scenario here. He feels very good about the role he has, and I really think he's gonna have a big year.
1: Yeah, I can see that too. Um, I think he, he's 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 worked his way through all of the, you know, those first few years where there the struggles at the plate, the pressure brought on because of the the size of the contract and that kind of stuff. Um, he, he's, I think he's passed all of that. Um, and is, is now like, we know who he is. He know, he's got his place on the team. I think he's a, um, he's a leader in a lot of ways in that clubhouse. And I don't know that people notice or realize that, but. Um, he's, he's earned a ton of respect in that clubhouse and not just because of the, you know, the, (laughs) the game seven world series speech, Mm -hmm. but because of the way he carries himself and the way he's handled his struggles and those, those kinds of things. So um, he's, yeah, I'm a big fan of his um, not just because of what he does as a player, but because of the kind of person he is and the way he carries himself. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So I'll ask you, who do you
1: have a really good
0: feeling about this season for the Cubs and as far as hitters-wise?
1: Um, it's, it's a hard question, I think, because it's hard for me to really say that there's, like, one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go with Javi because um, not only because, like I mentioned earlier, where he, he's been pretty open about the fact that not having the iPads affected him and some of those things kind of threw him off. But also, I think, uh, mentally... He's he seems like he's in a really healthy place right now. Um, I don't know if you saw, but I want to give give a shout out to Russ Dorsey at the Sun Times because he had a pretty great piece on Javi just I think it was just earlier this week and, and mostly focused on like where Javi's at mentally. And like it sounded like from reading that that he's in a good place. And that's the kind of thing that can really make a big, big difference. So there's a lot of guys who I think are going to do some special things on offense this year, but he's the guy who, are, you know, um, I'm excited to see what he looks like at the plate.
0: Yeah. And then an- another factor with Abi too, is having that. I think he fed off the crowd more than, than anyone. Yeah. And even having like 9,000 people in the stands will be a big difference for him compared to like, you know, the empty Wrigley that he had to deal with last year.
1: And and I mean, for sure. I mean, there's so many players who have said that that affected them. They didn't like that. It was weird. I mean, I, I went to games and sat in the press box. It was weird for me. Just doing that. Mm-hmm. Like this place is empty. There's no one here. And I think too, like just from what we've seen from players, the way they were, they've reacted in spring training, having fans there in spring training games. I think we've seen the positive effect of that. It's, it lifts these guys up. I mean, how many players have we heard talk about how important and how special the Wrigley Field crowd is, and then when you have to play a whole season in front of nothing but empty seats, that's – you know, these guys aren't used to that. They've never done that before. They haven't done – they haven't played in in front of sparse crowds in a long time. So, yeah, I think that's another uh, small thing, but a small thing that can make a big difference.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those, like, if anyone – who listens to this has ever been to a major league game? It's just there's an energy about it that's different than like a minor league game or anything. It's it, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, and 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 a difference too from ballpark to ballpark in the majors. I've been to games other places where the feel is just not the same as it is at Wrigley. I know, I know we're all biased, like we love Wrigley and all that, but it genuinely is different. It feels different there. Yes. So
0: um, I guess now I'll ask you a little bit about the the rest of the NL Central. I mean, it's kind of, the projections have been kind of, you know, negative about every team in the Central, but I mean, the consensus has been around the Cardinals. Do you think they're the best team or do you think it really is a wide open division?
1: Yeah, I do... (laughs) I do think the Cardinals are probably the best team, but I, I, I don't think it's by a wide margin. Um, you know, I, I would pick them to win the division right now if I was sitting down to, to uh, make my predictions. I'd, I'd say, yeah, the Cardinals win, but probably they win by two or three games. I think it's going to be a pretty close race right up to the end. Um, and it's, it's, an, it's going to be an interesting year, I think, because it'll be a competitive division but not necessarily because all of the teams are really good, but so, mm-hmm. but more so because they're pretty evenly matched. Um, ex- except for Pittsburgh, of course, but the yeah. other four. Um, and, I'm, you know, I feel like I get burned by the Reds every year where I think they're going to be good. It's and good, yeah, just, this will be the year. And- <laughs> right. They never quite are. Um, so, you know, I'm calling it a four-team race, but maybe it's really a three-team race. Uh, but yeah, I, you gotta, I think you gotta put the Cardinals at the top of that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be, I mean, but I've been thinking about the Cubs this year. It's just, they're going to, if they're going to be good, they're going to be a run scoring team. They're going to have to, I don't think yeah. it's going to be, they're going to have to outscore some people, maybe some out hit their bullpen a few times. So, I mean, it's going to be a different, like look than we've seen in the past couple of years where they're more defense centric, and mm-hmm. I mean, they could they could slug their way to a division title, but that's yeah. what I think they're going to have to do.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I think you know maybe a lot of like eight to six wins, um, you know, where you, you just got to out hit the other team, outscore the other team um, by scoring seven eight runs. Um, they're capable of of putting together that kind of offense. And, but, you know, like you pointed out, like they've been very defense centric or at least like their world series year, Mm -hmm. they they were, they could score a lot, but they were also, you know, such a strong defensive team And the pieces are still there for them to be really good on defense. Um, So I think they're so capable of that, but, but yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a lot of, you got to out hit your opponent this year if you're going to win. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I
0: don't like to make predictions cause for, like, win totals and stuff. Usually because I'm very far off. But um, I guess if I would put the Cubs in a range, I'd pretty much agree with the projections. Like, mid-80s, maybe if they yeah. really, you know, click in, they could get to 90. But that's about – I won't give it, like, exact, but that's where I think they'll probably be. I don't know yeah. if that will be enough to – Contend or not
1: well and i i would agree i mean i think mid-80s is pretty mid-80s would actually be i i think it would be a little better than what i expect i think Mm -hmm. 82 83 wins is probably pretty realistic for them Mm -hmm. um but the crazy thing is is i i I go back to i honestly think in this division this year 83 wins might be enough to win the division Um, could be, You know, what was it? Was it 2006 when the Cardinals yeah, had 83 were, uh, wins and they,
0: you know. 83 and, and eight, or 83 and
1: 79, right? Yeah. And then they went on to win the World Series. But, um, you know, and this year, I don't know, because like there's other teams in the National League that are just so mm-hmm. strong that I don't think an 83-win team can go that far. But, yeah, I, I think yeah. Cubs could win 83 and 83 might end up being enough. Um, yeah. Because there's, you know, the Cardinals have their own flaws. I mean, they're 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 going to they should be good. Um, getting Arenado is huge, but they Cardinals have their flaws. I, I think Milwaukee has made some very smart moves this offseason, Not big flashy ones, but smart moves. And so I, I think Milwaukee is going to be very much in the mix as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, whoever it is that wins a division, I don't I don't think we see a 90 no. team in the NL Central this year.
0: See, I'm, I'll be a cockeyed optimist for the Cubs and say they win like eighty-seven games. So,
1: yeah. Well, and you know, and who knows? Like, all it takes is you have a couple of weeks where you're just red hot, and it mm-hmm. happens. I mean, they truly last year they won the division because of their thirteen and three start. Yes. You know, you change a few games there, and they don't win the division. So, obviously, in a full season, you need more than a. a a good 16 game stretch, but like you're talking about the difference between 83 wins and 87 wins. Yeah. You know, a a couple of weeks where everything's just clicking and that can make a difference. Yep.
0: All right. Well, um, you're still writing a little bit for Forbes. So what are you working on lately?
1: Um, Lately spends, you know, some spring training stuff. I actually just wrote about the Nico Horner decision uh, earlier today um, did something on, I, you know, because I also write about the White Sox because my my beat, so to speak, with Forbes is just on Cubs and White Sox. So I wrote about book about Aloy um, Jimenez and his injury and what that's going to mean. Um, but also earlier this month, wrote something about, you know, uh, baseball and work-life balance and got to, you know, talk to a few different guys, a few different people about, you know, baseball players and how they handle their schedule and and maybe what, the rest of the world can take from that so you know still getting to do some fun stuff like that in the midst of you know writing about like roster moves and those kinds of things but i'm really looking forward to like when the season starts and 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 just covering things as as they go Mm -hmm. and um i guess
0: also i should do you have your email newsletter that people can subscribe to
1: yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's honestly lately, it's been, you know, that's the the work that I, I think I enjoy the most. Um, so it's for anybody that doesn't, hasn't, isn't familiar. Um, it comes out every other Monday and it's just goes to your email. It's free. I don't charge anything for it. Um, and I'll write a little bit about baseball stuff, but a lot of it's just about like, I don't know, life and things like that and where there's a connection to baseball. Um, and also take some time to share like, things I've been getting into lately, whether it's like a, a TV series I've started watching or a movie I've seen or something I've read. Um, so I like sh- I like passing that stuff along too and sharing that. So if anybody who's listening is interested, you can just go to my uh, Twitter profile. I've got a link to sign up in, in my bio so they can just go there and I'll click on that. And uh, the next newsletter goes out actually this coming Monday, the, the 29th. Yeah, of course, on Twitter, you're Jay Willis. Yep. Yeah, J-W-Y-L-L-Y-S. Um, and like I said, it, the link to the newsletter is right there in the bio. So it's pretty easy to to click that and get signed up. And yeah, I'll send you, send you something cool every other week.
0: Yep. All right. Well, thank you, as always, for coming on. Hopefully, we'll have a good cup season and at least an entertaining one. I mean.
1: Yes, interesting, if nothing else, yeah. (laughs) All right,
0: well, thank you. I am on Twitter, STH85. You can email at holycowpod at gmail. Holycowpod at gmail. And, yeah, the season is here. And
1: let's go Cubs.